I think one of the great things about horror is that they really reflect what the fear of the moment is. Everybody in the world is afraid. We're all afraid of the same things together. It's a, a safe fright when you're in, in a movie. And I think that enables you to sort of relish it, to sort of uh, enjoy it or look into yourself and say, why am I afraid of this? What is it about horror that makes people react the way they do? Millions of people love it, and yet horror fans are often misunderstood. My name is Tal Zimmerman, and I love horror. It's not just a hobby for me, it's a lifestyle. I write reviews and articles for horror magazines. I'm an obsessive collector of memorabilia. I attend conventions as a fan and sometimes as a speaker. Horror has come a long way since it first got its hooks into me. As a devout fan, I used to feel like an outsider. But nowadays, I look around, and horror is everywhere. So now is the perfect time to dig deeper. I need to look beyond my own experiences. I need to know, why horror? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another mini-episode of the Faculty of Horror. I'm Andrea Subisati with... Alex West. And we are sitting down with Tal Zimmerman on the show today, who is a comedian. He's a regular writer for Rue Morgue magazine, as well as some other horror outlets. And he is the host of a documentary that we've mentioned before on the podcast called Why Horror. And Why Horror debuted at the Ferratum Film Festival in Mexico in October 2014. And it's a documentary looking at... Just as the title states, why horror? Why do people love horror? Why does horror have such a passionate fan base? And for myself and for other professionals working in the genre, I think it's a question that we've answered a thousand times to the point that I have a stock answer that I would always use just to kind of shut people up. We have Tal here with us to talk about what the film is and how you can finally see it. Welcome, Tal. Thank you. Welcome, me. Thanks a lot for having me on the faculty PCAST. I got to check out Why Horror for the first time at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival last year. We had a sold-out screening in collaboration with Cinemacob, and it was just amazing. Were you pretty stoked at the response? Yeah, super stoked. I mean, it's the uh, hometown show, and this is the movie that I've been leaving my family for for weeks at a time to go traveling, and the thing I'd been talking up and sending... Uh, you know, Facebook updates to all my friends and stuff like that. So this was finally a chance for everybody to hear and see what I've been working on. Loads of fun. You're in it, too. Don't forget to mention that. I'm in it. I wasn't going to mention it because it's not all about me <laughs> for once. I, I'm in very good company in this documentary. I'm actually flattered to be one of the guests interviewed in the film alongside George Romero. Uh, Rodrigo Gudino from Rue Morgue does a great interview. He's got amazing things to say. There's also Chris Alexander, Gary Pullen, Barbara Crampton is in it, John Carpenter, Don Coscarelli. Why don't you tell us a little bit about assembling this dream team and who you wanted to consult to answer the question, why horror? Well, it was as a horror fan for a bajillion years of my life. It was just a matter of flipping through the old uh, fan Rolodex and pointing at a name and saying, yeah, we would like this person. We would like this person. And uh, because of our producer, a dude by the name of Colin Geddes, who programs at the Royal Cinema here in Toronto, and he programs TIFF Midnight Madness and Vanguard, and he curates Shudder, I believe, the Netflix of horror kind of thing that's going on right now. 
and he's pretty connected. And so we would ask him, hey, do you got a line on this guy? And a lot of the time he was able to just hook it up. Like George Romero, who lives in Toronto now, you know, he and Colin speak back and forth frequently. So it was just a matter of, hey, George, uh, I'm helping out with this movie. Do you want to be in it? And we caught him before his uh, series of screenings at the TIFF Lightbox. He had a celluloid screening of Night of the Living Dead. And I got to interview him for about a half an hour before that on my birthday. So it was really a birthday I'm going to remember forever and ever. And just as you were saying, there's so many amazing interviews and so many horror icons in this film, but there's also a big part of this film, which is about you mm-hmm. and your family. I mean, I, I love the scenes, uh, the shots of your son, who's adorable. And I loved all the stuff with your mom. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so sweet. It was so endearing. But it is that conversation we all have of they're like, how did we birth this child who loves horror? And I was wondering, was your family super on board with being a part of this? Or were they a little reticent or anything like that? Nope, they're definitely super on board. I mean, not like they weren't all jazzed or nothing like that, but uh, they are supportive of the hijinks I get up to. And yeah, they were cool with it. And and it's something that I never really talk to them about that often. It's the whole why horror thing is something I never really went near very often anyway. There's certain things that sort of started unlocking these kind of trains of thought in me. But uh, as far as you know, my parents go, they always let me watch whatever kind of gross shit I wanted to and put up pictures in my room. And because I was doing, a, you know, monster effects and stuff as a kid. So I guess they saw some sort of transference of energy where I would take something in and then, you know, make something after. Um, maybe that's why they thought it was cool. I wasn't just like skinning squirrels in the backyard after. Like they knew that I got a sort of a creative charge out of it more than anything. So they've always been really supportive. And to be in the film and to talk about me growing up and things like that. Because I think a lot of the film has to do with, as we've talked about on this podcast before, is being a horror fan can often be a very private thing. Not a lot of us are fortunate enough to have a community, to have friends who love and devour this stuff like a zombie. And it's, I mean, the film is great, and I think it's a really great call to action. I mean, I remember when, you know, seeing it at Toronto After Dark, and I talked to Andrea a couple days afterwards, and she's like, oh, fuck, this is the movie I can show to everyone. And I was like, yeah, that... That's kind of it. Certainly as a horror fan, it's really empowering to see this stuff on screen. And then it's like, oh, but then I can show everyone else that Mm -hmm. this is the myriad of stuff that we get out of it. That's something that happened at at our world premiere in uh, Tlapuhawa, Mexico, the Ferratum Film Festival. I was talking to people after and they're like, finally, I can explain to my wife why I like this stuff. And seeing you as a kid, that was me growing up too. It's the same, you know, like, you know, you're Jewish and I was Catholic, but it was the same. Like people thought we were weirdos and, you know, and now there's a ton of us and are we still weird? Cause there's a ton of us and it does impact people for sure. It does open up a conversation. It's intended to open up a conversation when we were running our Kickstarter thing. And that's the first sort of that people were hearing about it. I was getting messages from people saying, you know, I'm really glad that you're making this because nobody I know thinks I'm sane. You know, like my parents think I'm weird and the people I work with think I'm weird and my siblings think I'm weird and my classmates think I'm weird and I'm, I want to show them that I'm not that weird. And, you know, I'd say, first of all, weird is okay. But second of all, like, good, great. This is what I want to open up. Gosh, if you've ever been to a horror convention, you know, it's just people kind of walking around and buying witch crap and DVDs and that's what, I mean, there's, we're not crazy, are we? <laughs> well, I love that you've got footage of a convention 
I feel like it situates the horror fandom within a community because there is very much a horror community Mm -hmm. and with the internet people are connecting in all kinds of different ways and I mentioned before that I had stock answers for when people would ask me why horror and I had two of them I had one for people I didn't know very well people who I feel were asking me why horror to get a rise out of me maybe Mm -hmm. to make fun of me a little bit Mm -hmm. and to them I would say escapism Mm I watch it because of the escapism and it's great and fantasy and shut the fuck up. And that would be that answer. But why escape to horror, though? There's plenty of avenues for escapism. Why escape to something so dark that has no escape? Well, nobody who asked me that question followed up with that question (laughs) because they didn't actually care. If a friend of mine or in an interview context were to ask me, I would have a way better answer of, you know, it challenges me and it's not patronizing. I, I get a lot out of it. What's your stock answer, Alex? Do you have one? I would say mine has been often, to kind of follow on Tal's question back to us, I love that even the horror films I don't necessarily respond to, I was forced to because these characters or this situation was about life or death. And that kind of made things a lot more immediate. And I love the fantastic elements of it. They were so much more creative. And, you know, when you're a girl and you're growing up, your parents tend to just put you in front of a Disney movie. And Disney movies are about princesses and the princesses getting the guys. And I, you know, was friends with boys on the playground. And I was like, ain't none of these boys going to save me ever. (laughs) And then I started finding, you know, through my love of the imagination and the macabre and things like Tim Burton's early films. And then I got got onto, um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and things like that, which had that same imagination. But, you know, I fell in love with characters like Nancy Thompson and the final girl, and they were so strong, and I saw so much of myself in them. And, like, those were the young women I wanted to be. So that was a big part of it for me. That's your stock answer? I know. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's really well rehearsed. Thank Nicely you. done. But it's interesting for me because I, I don't work full-time in horror. So if I meet someone new, like, I'm into horror. And I almost always get, um, oh, I don't like horror, except for these five films. Right. I'm like, then you can be a horror fan. It's great. It's so much fun. Okay, but those those five films are, you ready? Mm. The Exorcist. Yes. Yep. Okay. Jaws. Mm-hmm. Psycho. Yep. Alien. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say probably American Werewolf in London. Ooh, that or Rosemary's be- Baby. Yeah. They're all the big ones. That's my litmus test for horror. Like... Yeah, I'm a horror fan. Like, I love Jaws. I love Alien. Like, I love, you know, it's like, wait a minute. You got to love the shit, too. You can't just love the good stuff. I mean, you can, okay, I'm not going to tell anybody how to be a fan, but I know that you're deeply invested if you start mentioning stuff like Burial Ground or Things or, like, the really bad stuff that still has found a way to penetrate your psyche and kind of stay there, regardless of whether or not it's a well-crafted film or well-built film. I think that's... I mean, everybody can watch any of the really great movies and get something out of it. But if you get something out of even the shittier movies, that says a lot about the genre and an individual's appreciation of it, is that it's okay that it's a series of disconnected or poorly connected gore scenes or whatever the case may be. This kind of thing mirrors your nightmares. Even like bad production values, I dream in bad production values. You know what I mean? Like things don't make sense. People look at the camera in my dreams. You know, so that's why like even kind of poorly crafted horror can really wedge its way into your brain and stay there. How would you say your stock answer of why horror has changed since filming the movie? Well, I don't want to I don't want to give too much away in terms of how the film ends. 
But I will say that my stock answer hasn't really changed. Certain things that I talk about, I'm able to talk about in a more educated way instead of just going on hunches like I did before we made the movie. And then we did some research and sat down and had dozens of amazing conversations with people who spent a lot of time thinking about this stuff. So my personal arsenal, as far as having a conversation about it, is a little broader. But as far as the stock question goes, I don't think it's changed as much because I don't have one. Ooh. I just don't have a reason why. I still don't have one. There, there's the end. I guess I draw from a pool of stock answers depending on who I'm talking to. You know, I could say because it's fun and they'll say, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And then that's the end of the conversation. Or I could say, you know, because it lets me get the deep, dark, evil stuff that I think about in my brain that we all think about. It lets me kind of get it out there and sort of out in the open a little bit more. And they're like, yeah, OK, I can see that. And I could say, like you're saying, because I'm a sick, twisted fuck and I'm, I don't give a shit about shit and I'm a nihilist and I don't care about nothing and everything's shit. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, I see that. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because Steve Niles, when we asked him, the comic book writer and creator of 30 Days of Night, which is like the greatest vampire movie in a million years, but he said, because uh, I come from a fucked up family and I'm a mental case, is that what you want to hear? You know, like, he, he wasn't confronting me, but he was like definitely in a tone that like, he's like, that's why people ask you that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they want to hear some kind of gross, weird story about your life and yeah, because I was, you know, molested or because I was murdered. Yeah. Because I was murdered. That's my new stock answer. Mine too. <laughs> because I was murdered as a kid. So as we mentioned, Andrew and I both got to see this a year ago at Toronto After Dark 2014. And now it is having its American television premiere. And I'm just wondering, that's so huge. And what has the process been from, you know, last year when it, you got your premieres and they were all under your belt? What do you do then with an independent film like this? It's not terribly exciting. I'll warn you right now. <laughs> but I will say that I've been sort of managing the social media, which is basically the Facebook page for Why Horror. So... A few times a week, I'm definitely no social media expert or even very good at it. But, I, you know, I'll try to interact with people. Every week we get a few more people and we get a few more shares and we get some pretty cool interactions. And the rest is in the hands of a sales agent. And they are professionals who go to shows, TV expos and, and markets and whatnot. And they show off our stuff and they either get a hotel room or it takes place in a big convention hall and they have posters and things and that's what they're selling. So we are in the hands of a sales agent who pitches and sells the project around town, the town of Earth. <laughs> it is available in a few markets. I don't know if you have any listeners in France. Mais oui. So pour les écoutants françaises, it's part of the REC Blu-ray. Rec, R-E-C, the Spanish zombie oh, movie. Wow. So we are a special feature on the Rec Blu-rays in France. But other than that, you know, it's been uh, hoping that we would get something like this. Uh, to be on Showtime in the States is exactly what I want because that's the way the most amount of people are going to see it. I mean, ultimately, you make a movie and you want it to do theatrical, but honestly, I prefer TV, mm -hmm. personally. <laughs> because more people see it. It's the environment that you want to see it in, you know. It's not such a movie movie. It is definitely more, uh, in a lot of ways, geared for television, just in terms of how it's paced and how it's voiced and things like that. Um, because the people I made it with primarily work in, in TV. And I'm very happy. It feels finally legitimized in a lot of ways. I'm very proud of the film. I'm, I was very excited to show it at all the festivals that we showed it at and get a lot of really great reviews and a 
you know, a couple of not so great reviews, fine. You know, like just to get it out there is great. But to be on American television, that's when a lot of people are going to see it. And it's like the North American horror fan, I think, is the sort of is who I am and who maybe that this is mostly made for. It's made for horror fans everywhere all over the place. But as far as me and my experiences growing up reading the magazines that I did and watching the films that I did and going to the cinemas that I did and, you know, going to the conventions that I did. I hope people see themselves in this a little bit and watch it sort of through that set of eyes. Listeners, you have the opportunity, finally. I'm so happy to be able to tell people that if you can get Showtime, you can check out Why Horror on October 30th? Yep, October 30th at 10 o'clock. But go to our Facebook page or go to Showtime's website, uh, and they have it listed there in the documentary section. I'm pretty sure it's 10 o'clock. Pretty sure, pretty sure. Set your PVRs. Check that out. It's awesome. I'm really proud to be part of it, and I'm really proud to have you on the podcast to talk about it, Tal. I'm happy to be here, dudes. Can you give us maybe a teaser or a hint if a sequel is in store? I will say this much. Traveling around the world, talking to horror fans and cultural experts and seeing celebrations and places where people sort of meet their ghosts is uh, something that I would love to make a career out of. So with that said, without getting too specific, we are working on something that is going to be cool and that is going to be funky, fresh. Do you think it will be better or worse than Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Dream Child? <sighs> on a scale of one to Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Is that, is that the one with the pizza? No, that's four. That was four, four, I think. Yeah. I don't know, but I did see that in the theater. I saw part five in the theater when it came out, and uh, I was like, wow, things are lost. All is lost. The horror world is so far up its own ass, it's already come out its own mouth, and it's yeah. like, it doesn't know that it's a talking asshole. <laughs> it just thinks that it's there, but no. Uh, could you imagine if you're Wes Craven and you're just like, no! Well, Wes Craven can't do that anymore. Yeah, right. too soon, tell too soon. Imagine had you been Wes Craven. Guys, come on. Look at her laughing. You can't hear it, but Alexandra is laughing her head off. (laughs) What advice do you have for any aspiring filmmakers, emerging filmmakers, based on your experience with Why Horror? There's a a few things that I've learned while making this documentary. It's the first feature film that I worked on from the ground up. If you're going to do crowdfunding, it's very labor-intensive, okay? Be prepared to do the work and bother your friends and bother your acquaintances who you haven't talked to in eight years, and you're going to be asking them for money, and that's how these shits happen. And have a plan. In week one, I'm going to release this information. In week two, I'm going to release this information, so on and so forth. Have a plan. Don't be married to that plan. Feel free to take things as they come and um, and try to get shout-outs, but you're going to be an annoying whore. You're going to be an annoying, pestering whore, and you're going to do it because you have to get it done. Tidbit one. Tidbit two. Okay, this is going to sound kind of simple and perhaps a little dumb, but just do it. Just, like, make a thing. Make make it. Don't think about it. Get up and do it every single day. That's your job. Beyond that, no, I don't have any, I don't have any advice because if you do those things, crowdfund and then make a movie, you will have made a movie. 
Well, you know, from being a part and being your friend online and knowing you from when you were starting to crowdfund to the jam-packed screening at Toronto After Dark, it works. I think you're absolutely right. You can't get the glory without all the work behind it. So just work hard and keep working. I that's think. right. It's going to feel weird and it's going to feel counterintuitive because that's the feeling of stepping out of your comfort zone. But that's what you got to do. Like, you got to have a dream and then just do it. You have to have a vision. A lot of people, they don't know the work that goes into this kind of stuff. So they see, you know, directed by this person and they say, yeah, that's what I want to be because that's the big thing. But you don't know the work that that person put in. So, like, you're going to have to endure and keep that name and the credit in your mind at all times because every single step of the way is going to make you want to say fuck it and quit. And you got to keep your eye on the prize. So thank you, Tal, for joining us in the Rue Morgue Vault. Don't forget to check out Why Horror on Showtime in the States, October 30th at 10 p.m. As Tal said, they've got great social media. Please follow them. Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. And we will have some show notes on this episode so you can find them, you can interact with them. If you have any further questions, we're sending them to you, Tal, so be prepared. So until next time. Office hours are closed.